who do we prepare local budgets for? The citizens of a community or distant Wall Street bond investors? Is it more important that an elected council member know what is going on with the city's finances? Or should our local accounting practices be more responsive to the needs of analysts at rating agencies? We all expect cities to put together budgets and maintain financial reports so citizens can understand what is going on and community leaders can make good decisions. That is what we expect, but that is not how local government accounting works. This is member week at Strong Towns. My name is Chuck Marone. I'm the president of Strong Towns. We've been talking about our five priority campaigns this week. And our third priority campaign is called Transparent Local Accounting. Uh, today, I've actually invited a colleague of mine, Linda Twillman, to come on and chat a little bit about this. Linda uh, does books for us. And uh, I've come to uh, not only uh, rely on her a lot, but deeply admire uh, her knowledge and background and insight. Uh, Linda, I don't think you've ever been on the Strong Towns podcast before. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, this is a first. That's <laughs> uh, very exciting. I actually uh, called her up and she was working out on her bike and I said, we're going to record something. And she goes, not video. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> thanks for taking the time to chat with me. Um, I, I want to I, I just delve real quickly into your background. You have four decades I'm not saying you're old because you're you know you and I are <laughs> yes, not too are. far off I uh, don't want to emphasize that but you you have uh, decades of experience doing accounting work in largely in the private sector um, correct talk a little bit about your background and just you know kind of an overview of of maybe what your experience is doing accounting well for the first half of my career, I was in a, a large uh, multinational corporation um, and worked specifically on expense budgeting. Um, so I, I was very familiar with understanding the need to identify what resources might be available for the organization and, and the best allocation of those resources to maximize the what could be delivered to our, our customers. Um, so there was a customer focus, there was a, uh, an emphasis on understanding the finite resources available and how best to uh, budget for using those resources in a way that would maximize potential future income. And th there was also the element of, of increasing shareholder. Yeah, yeah. Too. yeah, you were working in the private, right. Right. Um, that was sort of the fir first half of my career. Um, and then I kind of completely switched and ended up in an organization that was a startup company. Um, when I first started, we had fewer than 60 employees. Um, so it was I, my my perspective was very different. I saw the entire picture. I wasn't just focused on a particular department or uh, expense budgeting, um, but on on everything. Um, and in that that first job in particular, there were months where we were sweating making payroll. Um, sure, sure. Which was not a comfortable experience. So uh, again, very keenly aware of the need to understand where where resources were coming from and how best to maximize the the utilization of those resources for the organization um, to to make sure we could keep the doors open. In that case. So we posted uh, a job opening 
we needed help with bookkeeping. I don't, I, I still don't quite understand how this happened, but somehow you looked at our small little group and said, boy, I think I could help them. Um, talk, maybe talk a little bit about that shift. Well, I, I had actually gotten kind of burnt out in the corporate world. I, I did end up working in a much larger organization. Again, one of the smaller companies I was with got acquired by, again, a large multinational corporation. Um, I got a little burnt out. Uh, I, I um, was frustrated with the lack of ability to really impact the organization as a whole. Um, and I, I kind of semi-retired. Uh, and then I got very bored and <laughs> I had, <laughs> I had felt all along, like uh, my passion didn't lie in the accounting world. And I, I thought about, I don't know, maybe I could go back to school for a teaching degree or something like that. And then I, I thought, no, I've, I've developed a skill set. I might as well put it to use. Um, and really every organization could use the skills that I had. So I thought I would focus on finding an organization that would allow me um, to, to pursue something I was more passionate about. Um, and, and I knew then that I wanted to get into the nonprofit world. So that's how I was lucky enough to find Strongtown. Well, I ran my own consulting firm for over a decade. And in doing that, uh, came to understand balance sheets and budgets and profit and loss statements and, and, and cash flow and, and all of this, uh, sometimes in very painful ways. But I, I did come to, to, to understand all this. I felt like we had uh, accounting practices and books that were pretty good in, in the sense that I at least felt like I understood what was going on. I understood where we were financially. Since you've gotten here, though, it's been an entirely new new reality. Um, can you talk just a little bit about maybe nonprofit accounting and some of the things that you've learned or some of the things that you've experienced coming here? We're now doing audits because we're large enough where we have to do them. It's been a lot of stuff that we've gone through over the last you know two years that you've been here. I don't know if you have just like a reaction to any of that. I guess the, obviously the biggest difference is that the focus is not on generating profit, um, but on making enough, bringing in enough money to support the work that needs to be done. And um, I think at Strong Towns in the, in the past few months, we've been kind of broadening the focus of the scope of what that work might be, um, some larger initiatives and projects that are really exciting and I think would, would help bring the message and tools for spreading the message to a much broader audience, um, but that will require a, a greater degree of funding, which means pursuing money from, from organizations that are gonna hold us to a higher standard in terms of uh, our accounting policies and practices. And, that, and that's why it's important that we've undergone an audit for the past couple of years and that, that we, um, that Strong Towns has shored up the, the financial infrastructure to, to be able to demonstrate that we're, um, we're taking seriously the fiduciary responsibility um, for the funds that are coming in. Yeah. No, I think that's great. It's funny because I always felt like 
we were very transparent. It did a really good job. And, they, you know, the audit people have been really happy with us that we've done a good job. But it's been astounding to me how uh, your attention to detail has pointed out, you know, different things. I mean, even just the the fact that we accumulate uh, payroll liabilities at the end of the year and don't pay them out till the next year. That's a balance sheet entry that we were just never making before. So there's there's a bunch of attention to detail things like that that have made our operations even more transparent. I, I wanna paint a picture for you. Um, for many, many years, I have uh, been part of city budgeting processes, uh, sat through uh, meetings where city council members reviewed a budget that was given to them. I have gone through budget documents. I have been uh, in my role as an engineer for cities, one of the main uh, budget items, <laughs> you know, the, myself and the projects I was working on uh, in my role as planner, likewise in influencing and being involved in uh, very large expenditures. Um, one of the things that I have experienced over and over and over again is a degree of confusion and also uh, just a, 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 an approach to explaining the numbers and, and putting things into effect that was so far out of proportion to anything that we do here at Strong. I mean, I'm not painting us as like a large, responsible, like mega organization. We're very small, very tiny. But I look at like the prudent steps that you take to reflect things accurately on our budget and make sure that not only I, but our board of directors, our other leadership, everybody on the team understands what's going on. I have never felt this at a city hall ever. I, I asked you um, earlier this year if you would start looking at public accounting and trying to understand how public accounting worked and most importantly, like why it felt so different than private sector accounting, either for-profit or nonprofit accounting. Can, can we talk a little bit about just your impressions? Because I'm not asking you to be like a forensic accountant and, and, and be a, a complete expert on this, but I'm, I've asked you to be kind of a gut check on my just like bewilderment with how this seems to function. What, what are some of the things that you ran across or what are some of the impressions that you had after looking at public accounting practices? Uh, it, it was it was confusing, um, and and I I started by taking um, a course offered by the AICPA, the American Institute for Certified Public Accountants, that was specifically on local government accounting, and a good deal of the course was focused around explaining what was different about government accounting versus what we're all used to. <laughs> so, right. it, you know, the, the, the very premise was, this isn't like anything you've been taught in accounting classes. Um, and that, that's an oversimplification, but there, it, it surprised me the degree to which particularly longer term uh, financial components were not very, visible um, or emphasized in, or are not emphasized in the budgets that you look at, for example, a, a town budget um, is very 
has a very short-term focus in my mind. It, it you know, the, the emphasis is on meeting the obligations for the current year. Um, and there's the concept of, of uh, balanced budgeting, um, which to me would mean that we're planning to not spend more than what we're bringing in. And from a government accounting perspective, it's more like, um, do we have money in our pocket to pay the, the gas right. do, bills? Do we have money to get through the year kind of thing? Um, right. And there, there's no looking forward to the, uh, the long-term implications of, and Strong Tons covers this quite a bit, of, of uh, building infrastructure that gets reported from a local accounting perspective as an asset on a balance sheet, but there's no easily identifiable liability that is shown related to that infrastructure in the future. Um, and so the, the, to me, it's, there's just a big disconnect. And, and for somebody who's needing to make decisions about allocating resources within a town or a city, I, one, I think it's ridiculous that you don't look beyond a the current year um and two it just i i don't under i don't know how i don't believe that folks who are working with local budgets have the information they need to make intelligent decisions right that that was always the thing for me is that i watched city council members be elected saying, I want to get the budget under control, or I want to, I want to be fiscally responsible. Or, I want to do, I want to do strong town stuff. I want to, I want to be, um, you know, a good steward of the public purse. And they would get to the budget meeting and the staff who I don't think are nefarious. They're just bookkeepers trying to make, like make, you know, the numbers work out. They would do things like shift a payment by two weeks and then that would make the budget magically balance. And I'm like, well, what, what happens two weeks later when you have to make that? Or like, that's a different thing. We don't have to account for that. I brought up the uh, liabilities at the end of the year because you, know, you demonstrated to me how, yeah, at the end of the year, we have two weeks where we have a payroll of 14 people now and they all work and they all need to get paid, but that payment doesn't process until after the first of the year. That doesn't mean it goes away. It means it actually accumulates this year. And so we have to note it in our accounting documents on our balance sheet as an accrued liability, something we promise to pay. We don't get to just shift it to next year. I see city, I, I experienced myself, cities do this over and over and over. They would annex property and then uh, count the uh, revenue for this year, but count the liabilities for the services you have to provide for next year. And through it all, it just seemed apparent to me that the people who were trying to do good work didn't actually understand how the city budget worked. And they didn't appreciate uh, the financial implications of their decisions uh, it, it, to the point where the decisions they were making, I think, actually ran counter to their intentions. Does that seem, I mean, I, the, when I say that, I feel like a crazy man, like I'm speaking crazy talk. Part of the reason why I asked you to look at this is because I, I wanted like a gut check on 
am I crazy to, to, to uh, interpret public accounting in this way? Because it does seem uh, like it's not responsive to people who put together budgets or have to vote on these things. Yeah, no, I don't think you're crazy at all. And I, I, I think we've seen the same kind of reaction from folks who comment on Strong Towns articles and uh, feedback that we get from um, other materials that we produce. I've been I've been attuned to questions and comments coming in about this uh, topic of transparency and local accounting, and I think it's um it's something that a lot of folks are very confused about and want help with in understanding how to dig in um, and if, if not. If, if we're not able in, in the short term to change the way local government accounting is, is done um, and at least be able to offer tools and resources to help folks um, be able to deconstruct and, and analyze the information in a way that will make it uh, more meaningful and conducive to good decision-making. Well, when we were putting together the strategic plan, when we were talking about these priority campaigns, the, the one on transparent local accounting uh, engendered this big conversation. Uh, wh what does this mean? How do we do this? And you put the word into, into our lexicon of a decoder. You said, what, what we need is a decoder ring. And I don't think we've quite figured out what that looks like yet, but the, the part of this campaign is the idea that uh, we should develop a process to demystify this stuff for elected officials, for city staff, for the general public, and do it in a way that places could voluntarily do this, uh, or residents who are very interested in, in understanding this themselves could deconstruct their uh, their budget and actually come up with, in a sense, like a decoder that would that would reveal to them the actual fiscal shape of their city. Um, one other aspect of this that I've come to recognize is just how, and I'm going to say it this way, not to be sinister, but how Wall Street focused city budgets are, how they're very responsive to the types of analyses that ratings agencies would do or major bond investors would do. How, again, am I being conspiratorial? Like how is, how is what is interesting to a bond agency different than what would be interested to like you as a citizen, as a resident of your community? I think a big part of the answer is in, in the, um, the time frame. I, I think the, the ratings agencies are looking at how likely it is that a, a government will be able to pay back interest in, yeah. in a specified <laughs> period of time. They're not right. looking at 20 years down the road when mm -hmm. roads need to be repaired um, or uh, municipal employee pensions need to be paid or, or any of that. Um, the focus is on how likely are we to get to recoup our, our money or uh, it feels like the accounting standards uh, have been, in a sense, designed to reflect the needs of ratings agencies and bond investors. And 
design, I, I don't want to say it's intentional, but it almost feels like if you were trying to design something so that local decision makers could make good decisions, you would never arrive at this set of approaches. But if you were trying to design something to uh, reassure bond investors, this kind of opacity, long-term, you know, opacity in, in, in the accounting would make a lot of sense. Again, am I sound, I feel like every time we talk about this, I feel like I'm becoming conspiratorial, but this isn't really a conspiracy, right? This is just who set these things up to do what? Yeah, I think that's it exactly. It's it, who set up the standards. And if I did a little research into the, the uh, agency that sets the government accounting standards um, and by and large, the background is comes from the Wall Street world. Um, mm -hmm. And even looking at their mission statement, the only uh, constituent expi explicitly mentioned are rating agencies. And then they right. kind of group all other as, um, and in my mind, the all other are the people who are uh, running cities, um, building or creating city budgets, living in cities, working in cities, it, they should be the primary constituents and uh, audience for what the financial statements should be uh, focused on. Um, and yet that's not the case. In the Transparent Local Accounting uh, campaign, our goal is to seek to reveal the financial implications of the suburban experiment by increasing the transparency of local government accounting practices. Uh, we put forth in the, the write-up that we did today that in the coming months, we're gonna help provide data resources and tools to help local leaders make sense of budgets, empower people with information so they can ask the right questions, evaluate options and make better decisions. If you are interested in supporting this campaign, if you're interested in supporting any of our campaigns, this is our member drive week. It's time to go to strongtowns.org, click on become a member, sign up to make a, a tax deductible donation, join the thousands of people who are helping us uh, not just manage and, and, and run the day-to-day -day operations of this organization and grow this movement, but also I think in particular with this campaign, provide us with the clout and the credibility and, and the, uh, in a sense, the the moxie to be able to stand up and say, hey, th there's a nationwide movement of people who want this to be different. Uh, and, and it is going to have a, a huge effect on how cities ultimately do accounting. Linda, um, thanks for taking the time to chat with me. I'm so excited to work on this with you because I do, it, like all of these campaigns, we're trying to push on like a Zen spot where if, if we can be successful in this campaign, not only will it fix a specific problem, but fixing that specific problem is gonna have a lot of coattails to fix many other things. And I, I feel like this particular campaign may not be the, the, uh, the sexiest. It may not be the one that uh, people jump up and down and go, yay, transparent accounting. Uh, but to me, it, it probably the most important one that we can put together. Uh, so just thanks for your time and, and thanks for taking time out of your day to come and chat with me. Thank you. And hey, everybody, uh, keep doing what you can to build a strong town. Uh, here's our member drive music one more time. Uh, it's all about uh, getting stronger. Take care. 
If what I am is what's in me, then I'll stay strong, that's who I'll be. And I will always be the best me that I can be. There's only one me, I admit. Have a dream, I'll follow it. It's up to me to try. Oh, I'ma keep my head up high. Keep on reaching high. Never gonna quit, I'll keep getting stronger. And nothing's gonna bring me down. Never gonna stop, gotta go. Because I know I'll keep getting stronger.